0: Well, good morning and uh, happy Easter and welcome to Redemption Church. My name is Paul. I'm one of the pastors here. Thrilled that you are with us here uh, this morning. Now, normally this is the time when uh, a pastor guy like me would stand up and say, Hey, it's so great to see you. We haven't seen you since Christmas. But you know what? I'm not going to do that to you, uh, because I understand brunch. I understand it. I get it. I know what the power of brunch is like. Plus, we didn't get to do this last year, so this is great uh, that we're all here together and uh, get a chance to do this. Uh, Another thing that's pretty common in this time, and normally when there's a gathering like this uh, on on Easter, uh, a pastor will have a call out to uh, the crowd, and he'll say, he is risen, um, and then the church will respond... Okay, that's where all the church people are. So if you're wondering, like, who are the church people here? That's them. They all know that. Yeah, no, we, we do. We shout that back. We put an exclamation point on the end of it. And we should, uh, because the resurrection for us is a huge deal. It's a massive deal. It's a big deal uh, for us. And we're really excited about it. And uh, we're going to spend some time just looking at why the resurrection is such a big deal to people who call themselves Christians and who follow Jesus. But before we do, let's just take a second and just pray. Just ask God to help us in this moment to, uh, to hear from him. Father in heaven, we love you, and God, we, uh, it's just our, our absolute privilege and pleasure and joy to be able to sing about your goodness, and God, sing the truth of who you are and what you have done on our behalf. And now, God, as we just come to this moment where we look at your word and we go deeper into uh, who you are and what you have done, Jesus, we want to we see you. We want to be able to stare at and embrace an empty tomb and the promise and the hope that we have because of what you have accomplished. But we need you for that, so Holy Spirit, would you come? And would you move, and would you uh, move with freedom and move with power? And Lord, I'm praying that you would, that you would give sight to those who are blind, and God, that you might breathe life um, into into dead hearts and into dead lives uh, here this morning. Jesus, uh, our prayer, my prayer, is that when people leave, there's only one name that's on their lips, and that's yours. Because your name is the only name above all names. And uh, there isn't salvation in any other name. And so we want to sing about it in here. We want to shout it out there. So uh, we love you, Jesus. Your name we pray. Amen. So the resurrection is a, is a big deal uh, to people who follow Jesus because the resurrection was a big deal to Jesus. Uh, in fact, at the heart of the story of Jesus, if you're not familiar, is really how he thought about death. And there's this thing about Jesus that he thought he could beat death. He, caught, he thought he could defeat Death And he talked like he would, and he acted like he would. He tried to tell those who were the closest to him that that's what he was going to do. In fact, one time, Jesus was interacting with a family um, who was grieving over the death uh, of a loved one. They were grieving over uh, their brother, Lazarus, who had, had died. And, and Jesus was speaking to Lazarus's sister, Martha. And while they're talking, this is in John chapter 11, Jesus says, uh, your brother will rise again. And Martha, has a, she has a grasp on the scriptures, and she kind of understands some teachings about God. And so she says, well, I know on the last day, in the resurrection, he will rise again. And what she meant, what she was saying, and she believed, is that, you know, I believe in an afterlife. And I believe that, uh, you know, my brother is going to be in a good place. And Jesus says, well, let me kind of clarify exactly what I'm talking about. He says, no, I am the resurrection. He says, and I am the life. And the one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Pretty audacious claim. And he says in verse 26, he says, everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. And he looks at Martha and he says, do you believe this? You see, what Jesus is bringing into the conversation there and what he's trying to get to Martha and to you and to, and to me to see is that he's not talking about good people going to a good place. He's talking about people knowing him. Jesus is talking about people knowing Jesus because he is the resurrection, because he is life. So to the Jesus follower, to the Christian, the resurrection of Jesus is massively important. In fact, the apostle Paul would write a letter to the Corinthian church, uh, and he's speaking to brand new Christians. He's he's trying to give them a foundation of this doctrine, this teaching of the resurrection because Christ has died and Christ has risen again. And, and 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 the church is being born and people are putting their faith, they're putting their hope, they're putting their confidence and their trust in this risen Jesus. So he writes this letter and listen to what he says in 1 Corinthians 15. He says, let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news that I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. He says, it is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you, unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. So Paul has some room for skeptics. He says, I passed on to you what was most important. And what had also been passed on to me, and this is what he passed on, the gospel. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. He was seen by Peter. So the guy who's cutting off ears in the garden and actually like saying, no, I don't even know who Jesus is. And then he preaches this amazing sermon in Pentecost. So Peter's wild. You got to check him out in the Bible. He's like, he appeared to Peter, and then the 12, and after that he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, Paul says, though, though some have died, and then he was seen by James, his brother, and later by all the apostles, and last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, Paul makes a little joke there, he says, I also saw him. So Paul is writing to this young church to reassure them of the necessity of Christ's resurrection and how important it is for our lives. And, and he begins with his own personal story. And, and really, that's how all of our stories begin. God has come to find us. And we talk about how God found us and how God pursued us and how that now gives us voice to tell the story. In just a moment, you're going to hear some stories today. You're going to see up on the screen some, some stories of people to whom Jesus appeared. And it changed everything for, for them. Uh, people who I don't know what to tell you. I mean, Jesus showed up and he just changed my life. I've never been the same since Jesus appeared to me and and I'm alive. You're going to hear that today. And the message of the church and the message of Easter is that God loves you and that he pursues you, that he has a purpose for you, that he has a plan for you. And the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness that he purchased at the cross is available for you today. This unfolding plan of God who is redeeming and restoring all things is at work today here you see, God didn't move the stone to let Jesus out. He, he moved the stone to let you and I in to what he's doing in the world. Jesus can walk through walls. You're going to see that later. So he could have just walked right out of the thing. He didn't need that stone. So what Paul is saying here. He's saying, look, this resurrection story, it's the most important thing that I could ever tell you. And it's also been verified from some witnesses. And then he kind of doubles, doubles down on it later on in that chapter. He says this, for if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, listen to what he says, then all our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. This is a colossal waste of time, in other words. And we, apostles, would all be lying about God, for we've said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there's no resurrection of the dead. And if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless. That's bad news. And you're still guilty of your sins. That's worse. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. He's saying, look, if Christ has not been raised from the dead, then we are the most pitiful people on the planet. The resurrection of Jesus, what Paul's trying to teach us here, is the linchpin of our faith. And if you miss the resurrection, then everything that you've believed in will be in vain, he says. You see, the good news that we are celebrating this weekend is that religion died on Friday, but grace was born on Sunday? Re-re- good Friday is good because religion died and grace has been born in an empty tomb. There's a huge difference quickly um, between religion and Jesus. And the Easter story just shows us exactly how. You see, uh, in religion, it, it begins with how we can try to prove our love to God. But in Jesus, we see how much God loved us. John would write this in First John. He says this, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son, Jesus, into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. And John says, this is real love, uh, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. You see, religion always begins with our efforts uh, to somehow earn a loving heart for God. But Jesus is always telling us that the story is God loves you in religion, the goal is to somehow get to God, some way, kind of make our way to God. And it presents different paths, all usually with the same goal. And, and the thought is, hopefully, if I just dedicate myself to this path that I've picked and I give it my best effort, that somehow, some way, uh, this path will actually get me to God. But Jesus has come to say, no, it's not like that. In fact, it's ridiculously different than that. It's miraculously different than that. Religion is asking you to try to get to God, but Jesus shows us that God is on a mission to get to you because we could never bridge the gap. We could never put it back together with God, but God bridged the gap from heaven to earth, and when the baby was born in Bethlehem, it was God saying, look, I'm bringing a whole different way. This way is not you trying to figure out how to get to me. Uh, this is the way that I work out my perfect plan that has been from the beginning of getting to you. Jesus is born putting on human flesh. It's God with us. God moving into our neighborhood. Religion is all about what we do. and Jesus is all about what's been done. R- religion is summed up in do. You do what will you do christianity is defined as it's done in in religion we focus on our works uh, but jesus zeroes in on god's grace on his unearned and unmerited favor religion is about what you do jesus is about what only god can do for you the story of grace today the story of jesus today the story of easter today is summed up in done The story of Jesus is it's already finished. Christ has come and given his innocent life, paying for the sin and rebellion of mankind, given his life on a cross for you and me, and his death and his sacrifice was enough for all sin, one time for all time, all of our shame, all of our guilt. And when he died, Jesus made it loud and clear, it is finished meaning your life of trying to earn the acceptance and the approval of God and prove your worthiness, that is over now. Religion is about being good, and and there's nothing wrong with with that. But the story of Jesus is not simply about being good. It's about being made alive. You see, the, the gospel doesn't tell us that we're just bad or that we've just done bad things. It's much worse than that. It's that we're dead, that sin kills our spirit. And Jesus came to die so that he would give us life to every person who believes in their heart and confesses with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. You see, religion is kind of like paying off a debt where you go through life kind of making payments on a balance and you don't really know what the balance is um, and so you don't really know if you've paid it off and you just hope uh, that you have by the end of this life so that God can accept you and you know that there, there's things or at least you think there's some things you're like, well, okay, this seems to kind of go to pay off my debt, but then you also know there's other things like, well, that definitely added to my debt, Right? But religion never really lets you know where you're at. It never really lets you know what the balance sheet is. But you see, with Jesus, the debt is paid in full. Colossians 2 says this, For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature had not yet cu- was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of charges against us. Debt canceled and took it away by nailing it to the cross. He said, Jesus had done enough for God to forgive you past, present, and future. And the shed blood of Jesus was enough for you and me to be washed clean and to stand before God in the beauty of what Christ and Christ alone has done. Lastly, with religion, there's just a huge gamble at the end. And this one, this one's tough. um, Because I... There, there's so much good intention in a religious person. I've never met a religious person who didn't, who didn't have good intentions. Trying to do enough good things and trying to earn approval uh, of God, but with religion, there's just such a huge gamble at the, at the end because in the end, are you, sure, are you sure that what you've done will be enough? And if there is an eternity and there is something beyond this life, it just feels like too big of a gamble to take. And, and you might be sitting there and you're like, well, how do you even know that there is something beyond this life? How, I mean, how can you even know that? The same way that you do. How, how can you even know that there's something on the other side of death? The same way that you do. The scripture tells us that God has set eternity in the heart of man. So the same things that I think about are the same things that you think about. And if there is an eternity at stake, it's too big of a gamble to take. But with Jesus, it's not this way, because with Jesus, life begins where he defeated death. Life with Jesus begins at an empty tomb. The Easter story is the story that death has been defeated. The grave is empty. Christ is alive. Death is not the end for those who put their trust in Jesus. That's what we believe. The beginning of our story is an empty tomb, so that at the end of our life we have hope and confidence that we will be alive forever with Jesus. It's not a gamble. It's not a gamble when forgiveness and grace and mercy are in the story. It's not a gamble because in the end, Christ brings us back to life. So for the Christian, death is irrelevant. It, we still go through the physical experience called death, but that's not the end. Physically, we will die. But spiritually, we will live because Jesus destroyed death. Jesus and death went to war and Jesus won because he rose from the dead. And he didn't just defeat death for himself personally. He defeated it for us. Jesus didn't just take out the power of death for himself, but for us so that we would not be afraid of death. And that same passage in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul, he even says, Death swallowed up in victory. And then it's like he punks death. He's like, death, where's your victory? Death, where's your sting? In another place, Paul would write, you know what? To live, it's Christ. It's great. To die, that's gain. Are you crazy, Paul? Are you crazy? No. Why? How can somebody talk where death is an advantage? Somebody who has confidence in eternity because of what Jesus has done. He takes away death's power so that we can look in death and say, look, I might die, but I know I will live. And the resurrection reminds us and gives us confidence in an extended story. There are so many people who are just going through life, kind of living in a moment-by-moment crisis, one overwhelming moment to the next, because life is never enough. And you know this, you don't even have to be a Christian, you don't have to be a church person or a Bible person or a Jesus person, you just know this. That, w- that whatever you strive for, whatever it is, whatever you're just trying to put all your energy, whatever you're working for, whatever you're striving for, whenever you attain it, it's just not enough. You're, you're never fully and finally satisfied. And, and you think, well, if I just get the spouse, and you're like, well, maybe if I just get the next spouse... Or maybe if we have kids, man, that's it. Once we have kids, then you're like, maybe it's when the kids go away. Maybe it's when the kids move out. (laughs) When I get the next job, when I finally get the dream home, when I get the right car, when I take the right trip and I take the perfect trip, when I get the right experience, but we're never fully and finally satisfied in those things because we're not supposed to be. And, and and you know what, as you get older, you actually get like more and more anxious in life, and more and more stressed in life, because you're like, I'm running out of time. I'm running out of time to get the thing or meet the person or do the do the deal that's gonna finally and fully satisfy me. But you see, the resurrection is our confident hope that in Christ we have an extended story. Death is not the end, just a continuation. Remember uh movies like like going to movies. Remember when that was like a thing? Yeah. I, um, I love movies, but I don't necessarily like going to movies. It's, uh, it's really hard for me to sit still. You could probably figure that out. Um, and I've got this really like neurotic thing about people chewing like next to me, around me. Um. But when the Marvel movies were all coming up, I don't know if you're a like, comic book person, but I, I am. I like the Marvel movies like Captain America and Avengers and Black Panther and all that, Iron Man. I was like, you know what? I have to go. Those, that looks like the kind of movie I like, have to go see in the theater. So I did, loved it, loved the movies, loved all of them. And then the credits would start to roll. And then, you know, like normally uh, when you go to movies, you know, the credits start to roll. You know, like that's when you're looking around, make sure you find your keys and your phone and all that stuff. And then you like go to get up and to leave. Well, the, well, the credits are rolling. I stand up and like, nobody else is, nobody else is leaving. Nobody else is moving. I was like, well, what the heck's going on? And then once the credits go through, then there's another scene. There's more story. And nobody get up, gets up to leave because the end is not the end. The end is not the end. You know, if you go through life without Christ, you go from thing to thing to thing because you think that the end is the end. But what Jesus tells us and the resurrection proves to us and what Easter is a celebration of is the end is not the end. Your life is not defined by the next person or the next place or the next thing or the next promotion or the next experience. Jesus is enough and he will eternally be enough. Are you going to have trouble in this life? You're going to have pain in this life? Yes. Christians are not exempt from that. Sometimes it actually feels worse for us. But we can go through that confidently, filled with hope, knowing that Christ has conquered the grave And ultimately, it gets better because the end is not the end. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And God, I just thank you. I thank you for your son, Jesus. I thank you for his perfect life. And I thank you for his perfect obedience, his perfect sacrifice. I thank you, God, that you loved him and us so much that you raised him from the dead. God, I thank you that you rolled the stone away. God, I thank you that He walked among us and that you sent your spirit to be in us. And God, I believe today, just like when Jesus walked the earth, God, that you're on a mission today. And Jesus, I believe that you are still working and still pursuing. And there's people here and there's people watching, Jesus, that you're pursuing and that you want them to know that you are real. And that your love for them is real and that your purpose for their life is real. And Jesus, I know right now the same way that you looked at Martha and you said to her, do you believe this? I, I believe you're still saying that today. I believe you're still saying that right now. And so I believe, I pray, Lord, um, that by your spirit, you would you'd draw people into belief. Belief in you, Jesus. Belief in your perfect life. Belief in your perfect sacrifice and belief in your resurrection, and that today somebody's testimony might be, God made me alive because of what his son has done for me. Amen.